right? So, riddle me this. You have come before God. God has found you in your very lowest moment where you need him the most. Everyone's abandoned you. Family, friends, people that said they would be there, they're not there. People that said they'd always love you, that love has fallen short. People that said they would take the time, never bothered to show up or to even call. And God comes to you as you are. And he introduces not just himself, but he introduces you to who you really are. He says that you're blessed and you're highly favored. He says that don't worry about anything that's going to happen next because you have found favor in his eyes. And we look at him. We ask him, how can this be? And I understand that. Human nature pushes us to do that because when people see something that is too good to be true, that's how they treat it. They treat it as if it is too good to be true, so it can't be true. You know, there are so many promises inside of the Bible, and people don't think that those promises are for them. They think that it's for the pastor. They think that it's for the spiritual leader. They think that it's for the evangelist. They think that it's for these people that have quote-unquote titles. When God says that these promises are for you, there is no middleman. It's you. You are the one. You are the example. People are going to look at you and your life, and they are going to say, but how? How? How is... I know who you are. How? That's because they don't know who you are. They don't see what God has made you to be. And that's okay. No one can see who God has made them to be. Even you yourself, you'll come to a moment, you'll come to a point in time where you'll not understand. You won't get it. You'll, you'll look at your life and you'll tell yourself that, damn, I've, I've fallen so short. And that's okay. The gospel, that's not the point. That is absolutely not the point of the gospel. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, if you have come before Christ, know this very fact that one, it is the love of Christ that will bring you to repentance. And through you receiving that grace, through you getting that thing that you didn't deserve, you didn't do anything for, you simply accepted. When your life begins to transform and to change, people will look at you and they will begin to ask questions. How'd you do that? I know who you are as a person. I know where you came from. How is it that your life is working out? The only answer that you would be able to say is that Jesus Christ has brought me out of that darkness. Jesus Christ has changed my life. As Jesus Christ has done miraculous miracles for me. I was lost and broken, life shattered. He gave me a second chance. 
I've made mistakes and I've fallen down and I've fallen down again. And every single time I would fall, he would look at me with love and he would pick me back up. I would let him down and he would still come find me where I am and lift me back up. That's what God does for us. And wouldn't that change a man? Wouldn't that change a person? You know, there was a point in time where I, I was constantly, constantly, constantly making the same mistake over and over again. And I truly came to understand that scripture that's in Acts that Paul had said that I want to do the right thing and yet I fall into sin. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. I really felt that. But then you have to understand that after you realize that, what comes next is Christ. Allowing God to truly transform you and change you. It's not that you're not doing bad things because you have this exceptional discipline. It's because that you have this grace that you've fallen down so many times, yet God had looked at you and picked you back up. And wouldn't that drive you to do your very best every single day? Wouldn't, that want, wouldn't you want to change? Wouldn't it flip a switch in your mind that I just don't want to let him down? Wouldn't it do that? It would do that for anyone. Look at Mary. Mary is us. God comes to Mary, tells her that she's blessed. She's highly favored. And she does not accept it at first. She doesn't hear it at first. She says, what kind of salutation is this? Right? Because if God showed up before us, if he sent an angel before us, and he said, look at my child who is blessed and highly favored among everyone. Wouldn't you have some questions too, knowing that you just sinned a couple minutes ago? Knowing that you just cursed someone else that cut you off a week ago? If, you, if you'd never thought yourself to be special, wouldn't you have questions? And God, knowing and understands that, begins to explain to her who it is she is and the plan that he has for her life. God begins to tell her, sending a messenger before her, telling her that it's okay, that you don't have to fear anything. You have found favor. And that not only have you found favor, but you are going to birth you are going to conceive in your womb the Son of God, and His name is going to be Jesus. God comes before us every single day with a plan for our life, and He says, I know that you are going to be great, and I want you to birth this miracle. I want everyone to know that it's you that I have chosen. Not to the person to the left, not to the person to the right, that it is you that I have chosen to display my glory on this earth. Mary was just one of the first. But who says that can't be you, that it can't be me, that it can't be your friends or family? Look at that. Look at how amazing 
the plan it is that God has for us is. You know what I think about sometimes? If you think about David and you look at his life and you look at what God did for him and how he was blessed and highly favored, it just doesn't make sense. Look at his life from beginning to end. It doesn't make sense from a logical standpoint. Here you have this kid. No one thought anything of him. His family didn't even consider to invite him to a feast they were having because they were bringing the they were bringing a prophet that was going to declare the new king that was going to come from their house. Think about that. Maybe you've been left out. Maybe you've been forgotten. Maybe no one's considered you. No one's even cared. No one asks you how you're doing. But God does. God does consider. God does care. God is looking. He is watching. God really has chosen you. And I know it may be difficult to understand or to conceptualize because you're in the moment or in the area of whatever it is that you are in your life right now, but he truly has. And because he has, your life is going to magnificently change and be transformed, just like David. Now he was anointed king. His life didn't change automatically by the next day, but he was still God's chosen favorite. He was still blessed and highly favored. You know, David did something that most of us forget to do once we understand that God has picked us and he saved us. Is that he wasn't just all talk. He demonstrated everything it is to God. He showed God how much he loved him. He showed God how much he cared. Look what it says in Acts, right? And it's such a beautiful thing to know and to understand that God wants us to be at this level. That's why the Bible is here, is for our example. This living example of who we are and what we're supposed to be. And look what it says in Acts 13, verse 22. I'm reading the Amplified Version, but you can read whatever version it is that you're reading right now. And it says... And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king. And him he testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, conforming to my will, and, pr and who will do all my will. See, I think that what we fail to do sometimes is to not just read the Bible, but to actually analyze what God is trying to say. And if you look at the character of who David is, he didn't just say that he loved God, and he didn't just say that he had faith in God. He demonstrated it through his actions. In every mistake that he made, he went going to God after. If you read his story, in every mistake that he'd made, he went running to God after. He demonstrated how much he loved God. He demonstrated how much he had faith in God. He worshipped God, loved God so much that he was willing to look like what most people would consider a fool in front of everyone. Can you imagine if the president of the United States or the leadership in your country decided one day to just worship God until their clothes fell off? 
and their secretaries and everyone watching them and saying, oh my gosh, look at you, what are you doing? He didn't care. He loved God that much. If we could only show the same level of love to him, what would, what would your life be afterwards if you had that much faith in him? You know, I was telling a group of people the other day that worship is important. You worshiping is not you coming to God and just bearing your soul out. When you're worshiping him and you're, you're giving him your all, because the Bible says that he's looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he's coming before Mary and he's saying, Mary, don't worry about what's going to happen next because I have found favor with you and that you are blessed among women. He's coming to Mary and telling Mary, trust me. Trust me with your life. Trust me with what's going to happen next. Because if you do, you're going to birth the Son of God onto this earth. Don't fear. Don't be scared. Know and understand what's going to happen next is my plan. Let's trust it. Man, what would life be for us if we had that level of understanding? And look at what Mary does after. Because she begins, she starts off by not knowing and not understanding and being a little scared and not knowing what's going to happen next. And look at what she says. In Luke 1, verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So after she had accepted that God's plan for her life was the only plan that she was going to listen to, the only plan that she was going to do, that there wasn't going to be a plan B, the angel left. His the angel's job was done. Didn't have to do anything else. Didn't have to convince her. Didn't have to sit there and read her scriptures or pump up her faith. She simply said, if this is what God wants, this is what God will get. And that was it. She simply believed. She said yes to God. She simply said yes. It speaks so much volumes for what we need to do. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, maybe you don't even know who Christ is. Maybe you just stumbled upon this because you thought that, I don't know, the, the cover art was cool. But regardless, this, this is what it is. And if you will only say yes to God's plan. Now, it comes with a lot. My dad used to tell me that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. You're fighting Yourself, you're fighting human nature. You're fighting what the world says that you should be doing. It's a lot of fights. And I know that sometimes you can get weary. But know that God is with you every single step of the way. Know that. God is with you every single step of the way. He's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to forget you. He's not like your friends or your family members where, you know, they're with you and everything's good and everything's good. But when everything's bad, no one's with you. He is with you always. And he is always going to be with you by the grace of God. Never going to leave you down and out. Never going to forget you. 
And that's just how it is. The most important thing that I find about this story, the most beautiful thing that I find about this story, is that I know that I spoke in the beginning, right, about the angel's introduction, and I spoke about the end, about how Mary accepted the plan that God had introduced to her through the angel Gabriel. But in the middle, the angel gives an example to Mary. The angel gives an example unto Mary. And from verses 34 to 37, look at what it says. It says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said, Unto her the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. See that right there? Mary asked a question that everyone's going to ask. She said, how is this thing even going to happen for my life? And the angel answered, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. God is going to come upon you. God is going to overshadow you. And this miracle is going to take place. You are going to birth the Son of God. And then the angel adds in an example, right? You, you would think that the explanation was enough, that the angel saying that God's going to come and he's going to put his Holy Spirit over you. And then, then and that's it. You would think that he could leave it there, right? But he adds in the fact that her cousin Elizabeth was barren. And how just how she's going to get the miracle for her life right now, how the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her right now is the same way that the Holy Spirit gave Elizabeth the miracle it is that she wanted of a child because she was barren. She couldn't bear a child, couldn't conceive one. And yet she was able to receive the miracle of God despite what the world and everyone was saying around her. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That was it. If God didn't need us to be an example onto our brothers and sisters, onto the person next to us, onto our neighbors, then it would be, you know, you wouldn't even be able to consider the two verses. But that's, he says that she was called barren. And yet in her old age, she was able to conceive. She had gotten the miracle that it is that she wanted. For with God, nothing is impossible. Can you believe that he added that in there? Mary didn't know and she didn't understand. Not only did the angel answer her question, gave her an example using someone that was so close to her. Consider the fact that where you are in your life right now, that the example it is that you set is so important to the people around you. And they may never say anything. They, never, they may never come to you. They may never you know, say out loud, oh my gosh, I admire you and everything that you do. But they're watching. They are watching. 
And as you are on your spiritual journey, growing, manifesting, transforming, people are looking, they're going to use you as their example, their model. You're going to be able to say that I was able to get out of my situation because I had Jesus with me. And that's it. And then, after all that, then Mary was able to say, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. That's it. No if, ands, buts, or maybes. No, how is this going to happen? No, maybe that's for her, not for me. That's it. After she heard that, she was good. She was good to go. So many of us forget the fact that, yeah, God is trying to bless us and give us everything it is that we need. We forget that. Don't forget it. And once you get it, remember that there's a mission. That you have to, you absolutely have to give it to your neighbor. You absolutely have to be that example to save the next person. Absolutely. Because whether or not they realize it or not, whether or not they're looking at you honestly or not, know and understand that you are blessed and highly favored. And the Lord is going to use you no matter what. Only if you let him. Only if you let him. So let him. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this quick journey. I will be coming back at you with more episodes, hopefully more content very, very soon. So stay blessed, stay excited, and I will see you next time by the grace of God.